doing? And to podcast. The doctor's daughter, I hardly know her. Uh-huh. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I did not expect that. I'm so <laughs> so casual. <laughs> that was a long like twenty second silence before that. I need everybody to know. Yeah. Ooh. Ooh, pod pod tour who cast uh the doctor's daughter broadcast on the tenth of May. 2008. May the tenth be with you. Uh, directed by Alice Troughton, no relation once again, and written by Stephen Greenhorn, who we last met doing Lazarus experiments, uh, turning Mark Gaze into a PS2 uh, boss battle thing. I don't know. Um, sick, sick man. <laughs> he never recovered. He never recovered. He never, he never recovered from looking like he was covering uh, marzipan. I don't know. Um, Scorpion King. Scorpion King himself, Mark Atis. Uh I am joined as per usual by uh, someone who is either a half sympathizer uh, or a soldier who is a clone. I don't know which one of you is which, and I, I, I need you to tell me now because I need to know. Listen, if, if anything, uh, I'm Davis. Uh, I'm of the YouTube channel Davis. It's so good to be back. So good to be back, everyone. And I just... If I'm anyone in this scenario, I'm I'm the Martha. I've been dragged along. I didn't ask to be here for this one. I was having... We just recorded the last one, I'll tell you quite frankly, and I had a great, great time there, and now I have to do the Doctor's Daughter. So I really so empathize with Martha. You're the Martha, as in you are in a completely separate plotline that really yeah. has no consequence to anything <laughs> that's happening? I'll just, I'll just go over here and start talking to myself. So, really, yeah, you actually, really the, For you to be the Marfa, you would have to be over there just like talking to a, a water cooler who's making bubbling <laughs> noises. It's, it's, uh, sorry, and Michelle, of course, you. Uh, yeah. Oh, yes, hi, me, uh, Michelle. Hello, oh, I forgot to introduce myself. Oh, Michelle. Um, the gist of this one, I'm going to fly through this gist because there, there's so much to talk about with the Doctor's Daughter. Oh, my God. Um, the, the group of soldiers <laughs> on Alien Planet uh, harvest the Doctor's DNA and turn the DNA into a soldier called Jenny, who... Uh, <laughs> did you know that she's actually the Doctor's daughter in real life? So the Doctor married his own daughter. Oh, <laughs> uh, that's crazy. Um can I say <laughs> that actually fucks up the whole episode because at the end when they're like, like when he's like holding her dead body, he's like, you're my daughter. I'm like, mm, you guys have too much chemistry. <laughs> and I know that later um, you, you went on to marry. <laughs> but um, and also star and have two separate uh, first meetings on Big Finish. Um, uh, the, okay, so there's Jenny and then there's a, a, a dolphin with a gun called the half and they're, they're fucking running around. I don't know. They're, they want to find a thing called a source. Uh, the doctor is reluctant to acknowledge Jenny because he's like, she's not real. She's just DNA, whatever. Uh, but slowly he warms to her. Meanwhile, Martha's off fucking about in, uh, with, with a fish. 
really doing nothing of, of any note. Um, <laughs> eventually, they find out that, that, that the, the source is a terraforming device. Uh, and that the war's only gone off like a week, but like because there's been so many clones, it feels like it's been like 10,000 billion years. Um, the human general Cobb, who you know, he, he's he's not owned, he's not owned because he turns into a cop, uh, shoots Jenny. Uh, well, kind of shoots Jenny. It, it's a really, really, weirdly shot scene. Uh, tries to kill the doctor. Jenny goes like, no, and then throws herself in front of the shot and she dies. And the doctor's like, Holding a gun to the general's head, being like, you know, I I never kill you if you so be like me, and then they leave, and then Jenny comes back to life and flies off in a rocket, uh, and has, uh, two big finish box sets with incredibly insane artwork, even for big finishes standards. Um, there's like a guy who's like half a, half a Cyberman who's like like human skin, and is like fucking. She's wearing like a cowboy hat in one of them. And... Horrors of AI arts. Yeah, <laughs> uh, she's no, no, also appeared. She also oh, met yeah. the Eleventh Doctor in space. Uh, yeah. mm, of course, she did. <laughs> what a legacy! The AIR and the new Big Finish, uh, the, the stuff for like Once and Future, just baffles me completely. Like the the it's just it's yeah AIR stupid. No, it's a stupid this fucking episode. Um, <laughs> I I, I want to say yeah. uh, there's a fun fact where originally this uh, Jenny was gonna die. That was Russell T. Davies' intention, mm-hmm. and then as he was writing, he felt a cold hand on his shoulder, and he looked back, <laughs> and Nick Briggs leaned in a whisper, "No, she will live." Well, <laughs> you <laughs> say Nick Briggs, you it yeah, was Stephen Moffat. <laughs> it was your Stephen Moffat, but I just like to imagine that Nick Briggs was like. You will live. She will live. I must have her. <laughs> <laughs> I must have her for oh, my boxes. Um, <laughs> we we needed to address the elephant in the room like pretty quickly, which is that Martha, with the exception of the last torture episode she's in, well, that's by virtue of it being so much about Owen. Martha, every single time she comes back, goes through the most traumatizing fucking shit. She she like yeah. she she comes back. Uh, for a reset, and almost gets like she gets like a bug put in, like an alien bug put into her. She gets turned to an old woman by death. The next episode, then obviously Owen's you know doing the same, so she's in the background. Then she gets turned to a clone and held in held in captivity for you know days. Then she has to watch this fish die horribly in front of her for, for no reason. Gargoyle. Turned into, into a gargoyle <laughs> with gargoyle. no yeah. Clark. <laughs> so, mm-hmm. she... <laughs> yeah. yeah. Yeah, it's, she doesn't get a good run, even when she gets out. Yeah, it's lose, lose. <laughs> But the elephant in the room was like, why is Martha here? Because literally the entire half, like the half thing, I guess, is like, you know, they want to show you know the other side of this conflict, but there's nothing of note or of interest or of any kind of variation on the mm-hmm. half side. If you want to see like the outside plant, you know, like it's an uninhabitable. They literally tell the doctor and Donna in the theater, like, "Oh yeah, you can't go on the surface because it's it's you know it's it's toxic, it's uninhabitable, mm-hmm. it's dangerous." So like, why is, why is yeah. Donna here? Yeah, it's why is Donna here? Why Martha here? Yeah, it's one of those few stories where there's nowhere to really go, um, and the story punishes them for trying to go somewhere or, or trying to venture out. It, it's like a D and D. It's like a DM. Say it's like a GM. DM is DM, isn't it? Yeah. Yes. It's like it's GM's like a DM. <laughs> it's like a DM saying, "No, no, you can't go out there have an exciting adventure. You're in the you're in the bunker. There's the problem in the bunker." I'm like, yeah, it's a fair. It's a solid Doctor Who plot down here in the bunker. We know. <laughs> 
<laughs> we've done this before. Yeah. It feels ch- cheap, the Doctor's daughter. If I don't have many negatives mm-hmm. about this story. I think it uniquely feels like 1960s filler Doctor Who. Uh, you can tell when they're trying to waste your time or when they're trying to do one of the Like the laser ones. room? Like the laser <laughs> yeah, room? I mean, exactly I'm sorry. Exactly like the laser room. Or the <laughs> fact that there are three sets all set in like <laughs> oh some... Oh god, you're right. Bizarre little fucking tunnel someone found. <laughs> it's real. the real dredges of Cardiff. <laughs> yeah. Russell and T. Davis mud looking pit. for... <laughs> yeah, mud pit. <laughs> Also Cardiff, I totally believe it. <laughs> yeah, it's just, it's <laughs> Phil Collinson desperately location scouting for any new patch of Wales they haven't used yet. <laughs> we need a we need it now. We need it now. Give me we a found this paintball we found this paintball arena. Please, Phil, stop. <laughs> yeah. It must be more mud. I mean, I feel like uh to me personally. The thing that really gets me is that, like, the half don't really do anything. <laughs> They're just kind of there. Like, I know that sounds weird, but, like, think about it. For real, think about it. Other than the first scene where the half show up and fight, what else do they do? They do it might as well be, like, a wall. It might as well, they might have been like, our enemies are at the wall. We hate the wall. Like, there's no sizable difference right, between that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I wish I wish the nostalgia critic was this, like, <laughs> wasn't this. But it's it it. That's the thing about me. Like, they have this very cool design, which by the way, just make me ask, like, how do they communicate? Because they produce the same bubbling sound, but also they grunt and groan, which is like. <laughs> There's that one scene where Jenny kicks one of them. And it sounds like that in The Simpsons where Bart stamps on the guy playing Scratchy's foot yeah. in Itching Scratchy Land. He goes like... <laughs> They're very sweet, bless them. They're very yeah. sweet, bless them. Yeah. But it, by having an alien that you don't feel for, when they sort of like fail the dramatic sad beat of one of them dying, because they kind of flub that, don't they? <laughs> Freema's <laughs> acting her heart out to a drowning fish, and it's just a shame. It kind of makes the aliens feel like even more alien and not in a good way. Mm-hmm. I don't get why they didn't like I get why, but I also am like, why didn't you just translate what they're saying? Because it just comes across as like one of those I don't know where this is from, but I've seen so many shows and movies with the jokes where it's like, well, the Chewbacca thing where the person is saying like, blah, blah, blah. And somebody goes, that is a very good point. You know, like it just comes across like that. Uh, except Chewbacca at least makes different noises and not just the same bubbling noise. Yeah, what do you I'm mean group. you want to overthrow the capital group? <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Stuff like that. Yeah. Absolutely. The half so, could have done yeah. with that. Could have done with that. Hmm. The half could have done with more. I almost it just feels like Martha is there for no reason. The half of there for no reason. The episode has one great idea, which is that these people have been fighting for seven days, but they think it's been like generations because they clone each other. That is a really good idea. It's like classic Doctor Who when when you just pitch it with that. 
But, it has but here's to open the thing with clickbait. <laughs> the doctor has a daughter. The thing that gets He's me is my like <laughs> such a good idea, but they never really explore it. Like no one, they kind of the doctor kind of refers like this is the source, but like I w- I kind of wanted to see more of that, like them exploring what does that mean that they've only been fighting for seven days, but they think it's been so long. Mm, you're right. It's like we said earlier. There's just not many. There's not much to explore here in this setting. Yeah, great detail, um, but otherwise, like if we've much. got more world building, more desperately needed world building, it probably would have would have harmed the twist. Maybe that would have been like a halfway mark twist instead, which wouldn't have been bad either. But um, mm. maybe we could have seen like the first or second generations. Yeah, that's that's more budget. <laughs> which I get the feeling this was not an episode. Fires of Pompeii took the budget from this one. Let's just say that. Yeah, mm-hmm. they had a uh, they had one big shot, and that was the uh, laser shot, which um, <laughs> the rocket ship. Come on, the, not, yeah. not the laser. <laughs> oh, they I mean, really, listen, really I, I think it was <laughs> the laser. The laser room really. That was the moment where I felt my soul leaving my body. Uh, felt like Watch some real like Paul. Paul W.S. Anderson Resident Evil movie shit, like <laughs> it's so it's so like and it's I think awesome. there's a reason why she did... it's what, what? so cool that she did the flips like Mission Impossible <laughs> I think there's a reason why Jenny hasn't come back, it's because nobody can come up with a better idea for her, it's like like what are you gonna do when she comes back she's not, she's barely a character she's, she's barely like a, a presence in her own episode this is a very negative podcast. This is a very negative uh, commentary feel, yeah, so far. I feel bad because <laughs> it's like, it's so weird how little I enjoy. Like, I genuinely, I'm trying, in my head, it is literally, this episode is three minutes long. Because the stuff I remember <laughs> is, is three, I remember three to five minutes to it, and I don't remember the rest. It's I just like the drowning the, fish yeah. and Martha crying. <laughs> <laughs> drowning fish. But repeat it over and over. Like, replay it over. <laughs> oh, dear. Uh, but, no, you're right in saying that, because yeah. Moffat specifically asked, please bring Jenny back, <laughs> have her randomly regenerate at the end, and then never follows it up, and instead goes on to Melody Song, an adjacent idea. And it's like, yeah, yeah, no one really cared it, it, enough. It, it it's does like feel, bringing back... Actually, it, yeah, sorry. It does feel like he, he he was like, I have a new toy. And then he looked at River's River song and was like, I don't want to play with you anymore. I let go of Jenny into the trash. <laughs> Who's the unit guy from Santaran's Stratagem? Um, no, the, the young which, guy. Which unit guy? Uh, yeah, one it's, not Christian, it's not Christian Cook. It's not Christian Cook. No. All right, I'll, I'll quickly get the name and then make my point. Uh, which um, one? Is the one who dies? <laughs> it's it's i know she's got the genealogy i know she's got the time lord dna and she's got no sorry i know she's got the time lord link but there's really not much separating her from just like resurrecting ross jenkins from the sontaran stratagem for all the impact they had we knew you for like 20 minutes lady So I, I'm not surprised in the slightest that she hasn't come back. And the most big finish can thing to do with her is, ah, uh, she's kind of available. Let's put her with her dad, you know. <laughs> it's cute. <laughs> I'll make a cover. 
again, it, it's like, yeah, it where's is, the story? I, I, I said it around, but like the way that as well they shoot her getting shot is just like it does. It it just feels like an afterthought rather than like a big moment because, like, we, I think we, 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 like we barely even see Cobb. Who, like on the moment, because Cobb. I mean, it's because like I'm so John Levine pilled at the moment. I, I I'm like I'm like completely obsessed with John Levine for some reason. I think it's because the the Tuthiana video he did. Oh, okay. Have you have you, <laughs> have you seen have you seen the two the Tuthiana video that John Levine did where he sings to Tuthiana from Rise of the Guardians, the beloved DreamWorks movie? Haven't uh, it's like it's an empty church. I'll set the scene. It's an empty church, and it fades up on the Batman Forever font, saying like John Levine, Guardian of the Doctor, sings to to Theana, Guardian of Dreams, and it's him saying Starbound by JJ Kill <laughs> to this to Theana cosplayer. Well, you can't see anyone else in the room beyond like the, the, who's doing like backing vocals, and uh, at the end he's like, "Thank you, to Theana. Thank you, my darling." And then it fades like a shot of uh, what I think is him kissing Tuthiana in bed, <laughs> and like it fades, it fades away like like, like instantly. The tooth fairy, <laughs> yeah. And then, <laughs> and then like you look into like John Levine's like social media, and you see that like he for like a month was obsessed with this cosplayer. Oh my god! To the point where like he was posting like videos of them in the field, being like, "If you see Tuthiana." Ring this hotline to let us know, and then like she completely disappears from like his his, his social feeds like immediately. So um, also from but, uh, British society, mysteriously, <laughs> <laughs> a missing person. Um, <laughs> I like this podcast. There's weird tangents. <laughs> yes, thank you, thank you so much, thank yeah. you. The Juliana um, one was like a, a was like a dis- yeah. you know the scene in uh, Hellraiser when they find the box. That's what mm-hmm. discovering yeah. the Juliana thing. I felt like I could I could watch David being like, what's this? <laughs> do you see uh, it, do we have some sites to um, show you please link me but in. the thing the thing about the, the, the it's like general Cobb just reminds me so much of john levine to the point where like i think it would have been fun just to put john levine in that role and like just forget about benton you'll know, do like a barbara and, and megalos kind of thing and have like mm. john levine play this this one general but like the way they shoot that scene like that scene i don't even think you can really even see Cobb like point his gun at the doctor it's just genuinely like no and then standing up and getting shot like straight away in like the most like painful close possible. It's just it, like it limps everything. To the exit. Yeah, mm, it yeah. Really it just does. feels like an afterthought. After it, a point, it just feels like we gotta wrap this up. So here's you know Jenny getting shot, and then the doctor being like, I mean that scene with the jo- with, with the doctor's like I never would is kind of I think it's interesting. It's it doesn't really feel like a moment that really not so much is earned, but it feels kind of disconnected from like you know. Everything else you've seen so far, but I think it is kind of interesting. Have, so. I think I'd have to di- uh, politely disagree with that. Actually, I reckon that's. I mean, what is the story of the tenth? What's the story of the Rossity Davis Doctors? It's it's a, a time of morsel, wanting the one thing you can never have: a normal life, domesticity. And here he is presented with another blonde, another young blonde, one Ooh. that also combines. Why is she blonde? By not the way. like that, because they're all blonde, Michelle. <laughs> okay, okay, good point. It's the Peter Davison fifth regeneration gene. Um, it's it's combining his rose trauma with his Gallifrey trauma, and having that killed in front of him yet again after. Going a whole episode, going no, I'm not, I'm not getting attached this time. I've been hurt one too many times, and then inevitably happens at the 45 minute mark. Yeah, it's of course 
character who's been tortured with this exact scenario season to season is going to snap eventually. And as a kid, I really loved the straight holding a revolver to a man's head execution of that last scene. I thought, I just, such a stark image. Mm. I can't not love it. I will it say, is kind of interesting, oh, I think. Sorry. No, it's, it's, it's kind of interesting as well that, like, it ends with, you know, it ends with, like, a regeneration, but a regeneration of the world around him rather than, like, like the regeneration of the Doctor. Like, his whole world is changing because he kind of gets, like, let go again, I think, of some trauma or whatever. I, um, I think it would have been really... That's a lovely image. Instead of... But it's then kind of undercut by her regenerating at the end into herself. Mm. Know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. If her regeneration had been improving the world around her, literally, as just mm-hmm. as it is figuratively, that would have been really nice. Absolutely. Like she inexplic- and inexplicably returns. And I will also <laughs> say, at least the, the, the doctor's daughter gave us what is a very uh, fun Doctor Who video, which is the, uh, the doctor's going to bust a cap in your ass video. Which is one of, of my absolute favorites. Have you seen that one? It is generally no, one of my favorites. I have favorite. not. <laughs> uh, it, is, it is very much, for those who don't know, uh, David, please put a link to this video. But it is ju- it's just a bunch of scenes from Classic Who of the Doctor with guns and set to the tune of, Die, motherfuckers, die, motherfuckers, die. <laughs> just like <laughs> <laughs> shitting people. And it is, uh, it is just one of my favorite videos. And. I love it. I rewatch it at least once a year just like to clear my skin and give you happy thoughts. Oh, sorry. I just had a memory come back to me. Um, I was in London last week just walking through West Ham um, when, and I will send you the image of this, I saw a full-sized half in a shop window. <gasps> this, is something, <laughs> this is something that can happen in London. I put it on yeah. Twitter. <laughs> It was, of course, the Doctor Who shop. It was a Doctor Who-themed shop, Mm. but regardless, it was powerful being face-to-face with the half. I I just can't get over it. It's such a good design, and they do nothing with it. Nothing. Mm. They they just stand there bubbling. Come on. It's another great design that can just rest on the fact it's a great design but then you look at it from the shoulders down and you're like oh it's another alien in a cheap boiler suit like the pig slaves Mm. and the ood i wouldn't be surprised if it was literally the same overalls that the ood wear a couple episodes prior (laughs) oh you're right i never realized that it's it's just a mask it's gonna make some cheap masks it's a budget episode oh it's a mask with like moving eyes and water things let's give it yeah. a little bit of a yeah. I'm, yeah. I'm sort of reading a negative vibe from the three of us how do, how do we actually <laughs> feel on the whole about the doctor's daughter as an episode i i don't think yeah. about it yeah <laughs> i i told i said to michelle yesterday that like this is the fourth time i watched it in the last like four months uh i had to watch it again today because whenever i watch it like immediately i'm like i couldn't tell you a single thing that happened in the episode beyond uh, the moment, the, like the Martha Peck moment, where obviously we've That's talked about something never leave you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah it's 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 it hits you hard. This is a bit odd to me because I we have kind of really come around on it in recent years. I like the Doctor's daughter a fair bit. I'm happy I'm on this episode. 
Um, I, I just remember writing off as a kid as one of the one of the yeah one of the ones you don't need to think about. I don't even think it's the weakest of series four. I think it's Which one do you think it is? My, yeah. Partners in crime suck shits as an adult. Oh, I despise wow. partners in crime. We now. agree. We agree with you actually. So. Right. We, do we agree, like... David? Do we agree? I think we agree. My yeah. Well, I, I'm looking at my my series four ranking here. The spoilers for our wrap up episode. Um, it Partners of Crime is down there. I would say it's not my bottom uh, episode, but it is down there. I hate yeah. it. <laughs> but um, I hope my dog's having a go at it. He, yeah, he agrees. I just feel like I was so wrong about all my hate towards it. I think I fell in line a bit. Like. The Doctor is a soldier. Those parallels are hammered in now. But back in the day, that was kind of gripping stuff, those comparisons. Donna just looking at him and saying, you are a soldier, you're a dad. You've also been a soldier. And everybody looks at him, trying to hand him a gun, being like, yeah, I see you, you're a general. And that stuff's, you know, it's kind of the first to do it. Mm-hmm. In this detail, at least. It's Jenny who mm-hmm. tests him, uh, being like... because." whole episode is time time war grief of course i like that the embodiment of that grief is jenny and jenny's trying to saddle him up with a gun and say you are a soldier you are good at this i get it from somewhere mm-hmm. it's a good it's a solid star trek premise you know what i mean mm-hmm. <laughs> oh it is mm-hmm. it is it is that is a very mm-hmm. good point like it is a solid star trek premise on this but week, it, Riker yeah. encounters <laughs> this his daughter who pushes his buttons. Yeah. yeah, it's like that. It's so it's odd for Doctor Who, and it might seem like filler for Doctor Who. It's fine. It's quite good, even. Hmm. Mm-hmm. I do like that that scene in the cell where she's like, you know, you're a soldier. He's like, no, I'm not. It's like, well, you're you're fight. You're trying to fight back against this force. So clearly you are a soldier because you're fighting back and you're, you have a weapon. He's like, no, it's not a weapon. It's this, but you're using the weapon, like using it as a weapon to fight back against the opposing forces. Therefore you are a soldier in this war. Yeah. Which I thought was a really interesting. You're an agent of change. Experience. What? How can I, yeah. I can, I can do the same with a gun. <laughs> and she does have a nice little contained arc, but it's nothing like massively impressive beyond a 45 minute block of, TNG style development. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's not Doesn't even a, an insult. That's quite a bit of praise, I think. I how do you feel about TNG? But I'm at the end I've of series seen seven. It. Oh, I've, I've been watching. I've, seen, I've been watching too much watched, TNG. Yeah. <laughs> I feel like it, if they did, if this was in TNG, it would be Data rather than the like Riker who gets chipped because you no know, Data has the whole thing. But like, I've only seen like a couple. I've seen like the movies and I've seen like the first kind of season and a half. But like Data's kind of, you know, drive to be like more human, or whatever. Like you gave Data like a daughter. Data builds a daughter da- in the series, and everyone's like, uh uh-uh, uh, nope, don't do that. That's fucking weird. And it's almost a carbon copy of, of this episode. I'm actually finding that with a lot of TNG episodes. Everyone says Doctor Who Revival was a ripoff of Buffy. And we'll see if that holds water. But honestly, Star Trek. Simpsons mm. did it, Star Trek did it. <laughs> Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah, like, like, especially when, like, when Russell was like, Darmok was an influence on on Midnight. Like, you can see kind of like the oh yeah, the elements of Darmok. Oh in fuck! The... Oh for fuck's sake! <laughs> I will one day stop loving Doctor Who entirely. <laughs> you know that's <sighs> never gonna happen, right? 
You're stuck here. Oh, it's happening. It's that, it's it's that, happening. It's that Mr. Burns, don't forget you're here forever. It's just your videos. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, what positives do the two of you have to say about Doctor's Door? Because I think it's plenty. Uh, yeah, I like the the backstory. I very much enjoyed that part of the story. Uh, oh, yeah. Of the of the story, the, the reveal mm. that it's only been seven days. I think Donna does a, a lot of good work in this episode, and I think ultimately mm-hmm. it is like it is a, a side of the Doctor that. It surprisingly, they don't talk about a lot, even though it was there from the start. Them being like a grandparent or a parent, mm. like, yeah, that that's stuff's like, really welcome. Yeah, it's it's mm-hmm. it's almost like isn't it time that we brought Susan back? Like, it, it feels like we we've, we've been delaying it for so long. And I mean, the thing is, every every single time they announce an actress of a certain age is going to be in Doctor Who. People are like it's gonna. It's either Susan or Sarani gets thrown about like every single time. I don't really. I think the time to bring back Susan has maybe passed a little bit, unless you know she shows up in like the sixtieth or something. Mm. I'm Graf is playing Susan. It's it's interesting. Mm. It's interesting to bring Susan up. It's interesting to bring Susan up because as a kid, I come away from this episode thinking, oh, it's about how companions are like kids to the Doctor. They're like his kids. Mm -hmm. Then I'm also like that is almost would be an interesting stance on companions and why he takes them. Then Donna and Martha are terrible picks for this story. Because one of them has a massive mm. crush on him and the other one is like his best mate. And is you really see that in this story as well. Um there's no infantilizing Donna in this. <laughs> so I can't think of that as intentional anymore as an adult. Mm-hmm. I was putting in the legwork at age fourteen. <laughs> <laughs> Um, is there anything you've got? I I I do really like. Um, I think uh, trying to think of his name. Now. What was his name? Give me a second. I gotta get his name before I, I praise him because otherwise I'm gonna be freaking angry. Because I know he died as well. Um, the guy up his car. Uh, Nigel really Terry. Nigel Terry. Yeah, he's um a Derek Jarman regular as well. I think he's. I think he's really. I think the whole thing with Cobb. I think you know. Obviously, it's very kind of a stock. Uh, like guy who refuses. to the, pl- the plot literally requires him of, to be, yeah, so stuck in his way. It's a good reflection of like of ten, of ten, and his like tr- his time war trauma and stuff. You know, like you know, the guy who who won't relinquish this hold like, this war has on him versus a guy who has learned to like let go of you know what what war was to him and to move on. Um, I really like that stuff. I, I um I think even though it is quite cheap, I think at times the set design is kind of cool. Um, even though like the the whole thing with like the theater and stuff, I think is is a bit silly. And um, I I just I think at, like at times it 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 does really kind of not so much same, but I think it really has like has juice sometimes. I think, and then I think just it gets to a point where it's really starting to you know either tread water or rush towards you know we have got we got to finish this off here and that. But I I, I do think like I think. It explores a re- as Michelle was. I think it really explores like a really interesting side mm. of the Doctor. This incarnation as well, having you know, had this moment so so far in like series four of you know, Pompeii, and you know, Plantidae and stuff, where you know this this incarnation kind of shows like you know how important a figure he can kind of see himself as. Um, him 
saying, you know, build the society off me, you know, follow what I believe in, I think is an interesting mm-hmm. concept as well. I think, I think it's <laughs> I a, really, read it's I, a I, bit I, time yeah. victorious, that, doesn't it? It is. <laughs> it's, 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 it's like, like, it is this kind of thing of, um, you know, this, you could say that like he views Jenny as like an extension of who he is and like all the trauma and stuff and how for a time he does kind of throw a bit of like you know maybe perhaps self-hatred onto her because you know she's like a time where she's a soldier she's you know what he was and you know how he feels about soldiers now um and that he that it allows him then to kind of accept that you know he was obviously he was something that he didn't like but he can accept that part of him now. Obviously, that's something that comes back up much later when they have to re- when they have to fill in the gap and they, they bring in the idea of the Doctor who was at war. Mm. Um, I just think it. I think it's got like a lot of interesting ideas that maybe it doesn't quite capitalize on, but it does put in the work to try and you know at least get it to like a presentable point of of. With reference, whatever. I think. Um, I, th- I think again, like we said on the previous track, it's drama first, plot second, and stake second, mm. law second. And I think th- this works in this one's favour sometimes. Like, uh, mm-hmm. th- th- like you say, there's there's great stuff in here um, that just doesn't only goes forty five minutes worth. That only goes forty five minutes worth of ideas, and then we're already like clock watching kind of mm-hmm. um like i'm just sat here thinking like what if the doctor was scared by the prospect of a time lord soldier with all of his latent abilities wouldn't that be like an intimidating thing it'd be the same as like bringing out a mm. dalek in some senses just like that there's mm-hmm. an avenue to explore but instead it's a lot of conversations between the doctor jenny and donna which are appreciated I think like that's good stuff. It's an interesting point to make. Yeah, I, I, I never thought about it like that. I wish they would do mm. this again. I feel, can we get the doctor's son? Let's do it. Let's get the, <laughs> the doctor's, doctor's extended son. family. <laughs> it would be funny if there was a story where like the fourteenth doctor arrives one second after the tenth doctor, and so just do the same story, but now there's a son. <laughs> No, well, that's the problem. No one cares enough to return to this mid-season Stephen Greenhorn story. Yeah. Even though it was set up to be the beginning of something else, it just never came to be. I think... What you do is... Yeah. No, go ahead, sorry. Oh, no, I was going to go on to a different point. <laughs> I was, was, was going to say, what you should do is do a sitcom on it. You get, you get Irving Braxigal to come in and be like, here's your nephew, Doctor. It's, you know... Roy, Roy, who, whatever, and then you have you have a teenage companion to to kind of you know mm. settle in, doctor's nephew, whatever. No. Yeah, I think there's a lot to like about the story as an adult going back. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, now mm. I've got Journey's End and the War Doctor in mind. Yeah, yeah, that helps. But it's stuff like seeing David Tennant with dad energy, seeing my like childhood hero mentor get all paternalistic it's nice it's it feels nice in the hearts seeing donna save the day with admin skills that's something i really appreciate mm-hmm. as an adult that goes over my head as a mm-hmm. kid it's it's, mm-hmm. it's cool yeah it's her, a very the fact that she, joy the fact that she figures out the plot because she was once a temp at a library is really good it's great stuff mm-hmm. <laughs> it's why donna's like so good she's just off on her own one doing her thing Quacks mm-hmm. the episode in half. 
Plays the native. Yeah, she totally does. Whilst everyone else is monologuing and grinning their teeth, making <laughs> barking monologues. <laughs> I reckon, I reckon, because David Tennant really does chew the scenery in this. I also think David Tennant chewing the scenery is awesome. I think he's the king of scenery chewing, in fact. Mm-hmm. And when paired with Mari Gold, no, Mari Gold was so much heavy lifting. It's, it's, it's kind of, it's a good combination. <laughs> but it's a bit bland. It's a, it's a story where archetypes are kind of required because of the nature of the story. We need the gruff military type who has no other thoughts in his head because that's what we've got here. It's there's lots of removable scenes and there's lots of heavy, quee dialogue. And it depends how much of that you can put up with, I guess. And whether you like David Tennant grinning his teeth at every second. At every opportunity. Absolutely. I mean, David Tennant chewing the scenery, uh, he never would. <laughs> I, 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 thought about, I thought about it and I had to do it. I had to do it. I just, I had to do it. I'm the man who never would. It's like, come on, someone get David Tennant, right? <laughs> Some fucking Nyquil or something. It's very funny, and it's just a bit familiar at this stage of series four. I think it's well trod ground. You know that what the Tenth Doctor's always wanted is a family, and series two told him, "No, you can't have that." Series three told him, "No, you can't have that." With Joan Redfern. And now series four is also saying, <laughs> we'll give you a kid and then we'll take her away. Doctor's mm-hmm. can't start feeling like the world's out to get him at this point. He does. It's been, he's, uh, this is all building up to, I, I started singing the song without making the joke, but this is all building up to uh, that scene where he's in the rain and just going like it's been a long time without you my friend like just sadly <laughs> staring out in the way uh if everyone says david tennant's got like three faces but in fairness he's matching the brief yeah he crafted a very very sad path the path of the world's saddest man for him to play for children <laughs> in the late 2000s I love him for it. I can never be mad at him overacting. Hmm. Do you have anything else to say about Doctor's Daughter? Um. I, ho- I hope Jenny dies in the next box set. Sorry. Uh, sorry. Oh, <laughs> no, was, cut that out, cut that out, cut that out, cut that out. <laughs> have, have, she's have so nice. Listened to the, yeah. Roger Tennant's yeah. so nice. <laughs> Have, I, have, I, have either of you listened to the, to the latest, uh, well, the latest, the first installment of Once in Future? No, not yet. Uh, no, no. Um, they are second gen yet to be like a huge part of that for some reason. And um, well, not for some reason. There's a clear reason that they make they make clear, clear in the episode why Jenny's going to be a huge part, and it's actually quite interesting. I won't say, I won't say what it is, but like, Jen, the era of Jenny is here. Where where you know she seems to be be a sure weird to, remnant yeah. that is saved for expanded media event comics. An event audio. Mm-hmm. That's an interesting space of Doctor Who to to sit in. I think it's kind of like mm-hmm. attention, Doctor Who fans. We've heard you. Please, a famous, popular character from the mm-hmm. Russell T. Davis era is back. You all love her. She's blonde <laughs> and she's here. It's, Ross it's Jenny. <laughs> <laughs> 
Yeah, for real. All I can say about Georgia Tennant is that she seems lovely, and also I, I think she deserves mm-hmm. all the big Finnish lunches in the world. Um, mm-hmm. And so, and those are good lunches. So we'll take all the Jenny that we're given, I guess. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, I really like Donna getting guidance from both her predecessors in Series 4. Oh, yeah. Rose gives her words of advice, mm-hmm. and Arthur just can straight up console her, be like, Martha does like a like a uh, Arthur does like a safety check like a thumbs up just to see like he's treating you alright is he <laughs> I just find that really funny she's like I want to be with him forever and that was the moment she do <laughs> Martha's like uh uh-uh. uh uh he's not doing it again oh he? you're gonna die <laughs> that, was, that was the moment Martha Jones knew kind of fucked up Martha is like Clara and Rose in that she gets like seven different exits from the program. I think the very final scene of the Doctor's daughter and the way like Doctor signs off with her is actually lovely. If anyone can remember Mm. the final scene of the Doctor's daughter, (laughs) it's quite good. It is actually quite good. Ever ask a uh, man his salary, a woman her age, and a Doctor Who fan what happened in Doctor's Daughter? <laughs> Full blood of Doctor's Daughter. Aren't we glad we spent an hour talking about it? 40 minutes. I can't believe, I generally thought it would, we would, what, what is the shortest episode we've had so far? We've had like a, a 15 minute uh, we, episode. We, we famously, I think it's combat. We have like it's just fifteen minutes, and it's just us being like, can we make it any shorter than it is? Yeah, like right combat, now. the Torchwood um, episode. Yeah, I think. I mean, oh, we did yeah, five Jesus. minutes on John Levine as well. Yeah, that combat would be a rough one. You could talk about <laughs> how. Uh, yeah. oh, no, 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 you did that episode. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> now, um, <laughs> I think we. I think true to the episode, we need to keep it at a clean forty-five minutes and get out of here as quick as possible. <laughs> Yeah, and well, also I want a forty-five minute mark. We're done. We're no more. I want to take today. this opportunity <laughs> since you're here, uh, Davis, to tell you that uh, you are right. Torchwood series two is really good. Yes. Um, I'm surprised that it is really good. Very surprised, to be honest with you. And but it's a good surprise. It's a good surprise, and I'm excited to see where Torchwood series three goes. Although I heard that mm-hmm. series four is bad. <laughs> yeah. I've got mixed feelings. Mixed feelings on Corpse Day. Yeah, I think. Video. I think Miracle. I think Miracle Day. Okay. It's it's fine. It's just people. I think. I think you know. There's certain reactions that are that get kind of in the mires of it, and then some people kind of you know because it's it was the American whatever. I know. Um. Yeah. Torch series too good. Um. Still don't get. Still think the finale is kind of like whatever, but. but hmm. Um, next time. Mrs. Christie, I'm so glad you could come. I'm one of your greatest followers. I've read all six of your books. Uh, is, uh, Mr. Christie not joining us? Is he needed? Can't a woman make her own way in the world? Uh, don't give my wife ideas. Now, Mrs. Christie, I have a question. Why a Belgian detective? Belgians make such lovely buns. <laughs> I said, where on earth is Professor Peach? He'd love to meet Mrs. Christie. Said he was going to the library. Uh, Miss Chandrakala, would you go and collect the professor? At once, Millie. The date on this newspaper. What about it? It's the day Agatha Christie disappeared.
They forgot to refer I said refer I fucking typed record thank you geez anyway they forgot to record an outro so here I am totally the robot here saying goodbye and see you next week.